Hey friends, welcome to Faith Coffee and a Kid Podcast. This is your host, Cherie, and today I want to talk about something that is free to give and actually free to receive. It's something that we can all use more of and generously give more of. What is it? Kindness. I'm probably not the only one who has noticed a lack of kindness in our world as of late. I mean, heck, probably in your own small corner of the world, you noticed an uptick in aggressive behavior and violence and just this overall funkiness, right? It's disturbing. It feels like everyone is on the edge and the brink of losing it. Let me give you an example. Two days ago, I was driving back from dropping my daughter off to school and witnessed a car accident. The man in the one car looked dazed. So I pulled up beside him. You know, I mean, everybody can see this accident happened. I had my blinkers on and I'm just asking him if he's okay. And I was met with like a barrage of horns. Like it was like, beep, beep, move, come on, let's go, you know? And I was just trying to see if the guy was okay. I mean, which is pretty much, I think, a human response. Um, Luckily, the other person who had hit him had gotten out of the car and was talking to him. So I drove on and later saw an ambulance heading down that way. So I pray that, you know, everybody was okay. But it really stuck with me how people were just beeping their horns. Um, Another time I had stopped because a little kid was crossing the street. And mind you, this is like in the neighborhood. And I'm letting the little girl cross. Her mom's on the other side. She looks a little hesitant. And the guy in back of me, I guess, is mad because I'm not moving quick enough and is getting ready to go around me. So I'm putting out my hand to say, you know, stop, there's a kid. I just was floored. And so, yeah, kindness and just civility has really been on my mind lately. And I wanted to make a podcast episode addressing it because I'm sure that I'm not the only person who is feeling this. Um, We can't change folks, right? Like I wish we could sometimes. And I'm sure somebody, people out there wish they could change me, but we can only change how we respond and how we move in the world. Um, Matthew 5, 13, 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house." As Christians, we should be that light that shines in the darkness, that safe space for others, right? And Matthew 13, uh, 5, 13, 16 just really drives that home for me is that, you know, what I find is that if we cannot be that light, right? If we are starting to get lukewarm, if we are losing our salt, then how can we really be a good witness, right? Like how can we really represent, um, how can we really represent as believers in Christ? Um, You know, of course we are human and we have emotions just like everyone else. But I really want you to think about this question because I think it's one that 
every believer should be thinking about. It's how can we bring the love of Jesus in our daily encounters, right? Because what I find is, is that I think Christians do somewhat of a pretty good job in showing that light to other Christians, even if it's only on Sundays, right? Uh, we kind of can live in this bubble and, you know, we're good to reaching out with them and with other Christians and praying for them and, um, you know, extending that fellowship to those people that we're comfortable with. But how can we manifest the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus to those that are not Christians or that we don't know? Because I think that's a huge part of our walk of faith, right? Jesus didn't discriminate. He loved everyone, not just those that were following him. He reached out without hesitation to those in society that kept him at arm's length, right? Or that we would have considered, or that were considered sinners, right? The tax collectors, the prostitutes, um, you know, and the list goes on and on. But Jesus not only reached out to them, he used them as examples in the Bible of how their lives were transformed by an encounter with him. And so, listen, our light is not supposed to shine with just fellow Christians, right? Um, We are supposed to be open to loving others and showing that kindness to those that we don't know. Here's the thing. You never know what's going on behind closed doors, right? And I think in this world right now, like we can easily start to self-isolate just because We've been through a lot, right? And there's a lot going on. And when you come across somebody who's unkind, it's not, or not even unkind, but seems standoffish or aggressive or whatever that is, you're not, you know, jumping to um, be kind to them, right? And I'll tell you this story. My daughter used to go to a school in this small community that was really absolutely lovely. But there was this officer that patrolled the area who was just difficult, right? Like, I mean, just was not a um, friendly face. I'll put it that way. So one time I was pulling into their post office and it was really kind of early, but I saw her coming down the steps. So I just, you know, just simply asked, I said, oh, good morning. I said, you know, are they open yet? She looked at me. with such disdain. And she's like, I don't know what you want me to check it out for you. And I I was so taken aback. I mean, it was so rude that I like I, I thought it was a joke for a second. And I actually laughed because I just wasn't expecting that reply. And every time I saw her, it was as though she was just like on this warpath. Um, one time she gave me a ticket like I never get tickets. I have a pretty good driving record, right? But um, in this area, like there's times that you can turn on certain streets. And so this time it was like 7 a.m. to like 9 a.m. You couldn't turn on the street. Literally, it was 8.59. Turn, it was like 30 seconds before 9 o'clock probably because I turned. As soon as I turned, she stopped me. And she gave me like it was like a $70 ticket. Um And I'm not going to lie, I didn't feel very kind towards her. I mean, part of me was like, lady, what is your problem? Like, and I, I felt really targeted in a way that was strange, you know, like I just felt like every time I seen her, I had these like really bad encounters. 
Um, and then one day though, I was in a grocery store and she was there. She didn't see me, but I overheard her speaking with somebody on the phone about her living situation. And she just kept saying, you know, I'm just looking for anything. She sounded really like desperate. And she was like, I'm just looking for anything, you know, whether it's a base basement, I'll take anything right now, a room, because right now I'm sleeping in my car. And at that point, you know, my heart, you know, really went out to her. And I thought, you know, you never know what's going on in somebody's life. Um, I made it a point to say hello to her from there for, you know, there on and um, asked how she was. And she, you know, sometimes she just looked at me and turned her face. <laughs> but there were other times that she said hello. And then she transferred, I believe, because I hadn't seen her after that for a while. But it was a lesson to me that we have no idea what people are facing, right? Here was an employed police officer who was sleeping in her car, it sounded like. Um, and it just reminds that me that we all need grace, you know? Um, we just came off some pretty traumatic stuff, and we're still processing it, right? We're still going through the end of a pandemic, you know, lives were lost and altered. Kids lost time in school that have affected them both like socially, emotionally, mentally, academically. I mean, our politics have been incredibly divisive. It has pitted neighbor against neighbor, friend against friend, family members against family members. I mean, we have a war in the Ukraine. We have, I mean, it literally sometimes seems like the world is on fire. And we believers know that it's only going to get worse, right? Um, so what do we do? What can we do? The Bible is very clear about what we should do, actually. And this particular scripture that I came across has really stuck with me as I thought about kindness. In Colossians 3.12, we are told, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wow. This verse reminds us that there is a certain behavior expected from us as God's holy people, as God's chosen people, as children of God, right? We may not always live up to it, but there are standards that God has for us that we should be putting into action. If you notice, the verse tells us to clothe ourselves. This is an action, right? It's not passive. And that's the thing with our faith. Sometimes we can become very passive in our faith, right? We do all the ritualistic things of faith, like going to church, you know, um, maybe reading scripture, maybe praying for someone. But when it really comes down to it, we are asked to um, have actions that make our faith seen to others, right? And especially to those who are non-believers. It's not a passive thing. And when you think of the image of clothing yourself, think about this. We do that every day, right? Most of us are not running around naked or living in a nudist colony. We put on clothes every single day. And in this verse, it reminds me that we are supposed to clothe ourselves, right? Every day, we need to be covering ourselves with these pieces, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Did you notice that some of these pieces are also fruits of the spirit, such as gentleness, patience, and kindness? I find that really interesting. I want to break this scripture down a bit and just look at the words in the scripture and what they mean. If you've listened to my podcast before, then you know that I love breaking down words and looking at definitions because I think it like gives us some real insight. So kindness was really interesting. Our Aristotle actually defined kindness as helpfulness towards someone in need, not in return for anything, nor the advantage of the helper himself but for that of the person helped. And then the dictionary defines it as the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. When we look at this definition and think of the act of being kind, it's not about receiving anything in return, right? But it's about being helpful, about being friendly, about being generous. All of those things reflect Jesus, And, you know, we live in a very selfie world, right? And I think from, especially in the United States, like we are really groomed to um, put number one first, right? To be very individualistic. And there's this emphasis on pleasing ourselves. You know, does it make you happy? Does it benefit you? Um, And I think that plays into how we have gotten away from kindness, right? Because it doesn't tangibly benefit us. Um, And when people are kind, sometimes they're only doing it because it benefits them. You know, my daughter and I had this conversation about school. So in schools, you have to earn a certain number of like volunteer hours, right? And if you don't, you don't get your report card, you don't graduate, you don't go to the next class uh, or grade. And I understand the concept of wanting kids to volunteer and to help and to serve. However, it's almost like a double-edged sword here because what they're saying is you're doing this really so that you're going to get that credit. So now you have kids serving, but really is the motivation of their heart to serve? Are they really being stirred to serve and um, volunteer and to help others for the right reason, or are they really just doing it because this is another check mark off their list? You know, we just did a donation of Easter baskets, and we did like 35 that was going to this women's shelter in Maryland. And when we brought the Easter baskets in, and we were just doing this because we wanted to do something this year. And so when we were bringing it in, the lady looked and she said, oh, thank you. She goes, you know, do you, need a, do you need a form or something for school? And I said, no, we were just, you know, dropping these off. And it was funny because I think it like took her aback because when people donate, oftentimes they're doing it because it benefits them in some way. And so I think it's really interesting to look at what Aristotle said, right? Like it's not about doing it to get something in return, but just simply being kind. Um, When we're kind, we have to consider the other person and it takes intention and thought. And I'm going to talk about some ideas on random acts of kindness, but I want to kind of go through these definitions and just keep it in the back of your mind about what these words mean and how it relates to us as believers. Okay, the other word is compassion. And compassion is 
sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortune of others. Mm, In our world right now, we have seen so much suffering, right? So much suffering, so much death, so much destruction. And we are called on to be compassionate people. Um, We are called on to show pity and concern and suffer, you know, for the suffering and misfortune of others. And whether that is simply, you know, I think a big issue right now, obviously, is the pandemic, right? And there's this whole thing with masks or no masks and people getting mad because that other person deciding to wear a mask um, decides to wear a mask and they don't have to anymore. And for some reason that offends the person who's not wearing a mask. And then you have the person who's not wearing a mask offended by the, I mean, it just goes on and on. Right. And I think that we need to look a little deeper into why people do what they do. Right. That person wearing a mask that you may think doesn't need to wear a mask anymore. They may be doing it because Someone in their family has underlying health conditions and they are just considering them, right? They're considering them. Maybe they've already lost somebody, right? And so they mentally right now, this is where they are at. And so, and vice versa, like I don't want to get political on here at all because unfortunately I think our pandemic has become very politicized even though it's a health issue. But I think we need to think about these things, right? Like what does compassion look like right now? How can you act on compassion in your part of the world, right? In your your little area. Um, the other word is humility, right? And humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Humbleness. This makes me think about the humbleness of Jesus. I mean, here is Jesus, the son of God walking on earth. And we read that he was a carpenter, right? And really he was like bouncing place to place. It's not like Jesus had this house or this mansion on the hill. Um, he didn't have earthly riches, okay? Okay. He was our Messiah. And so, matter of fact, Jesus washed his disciple Peter's feet. You know, the most important person, which was Jesus, made himself the lowest for us. He hung on a cross and was humiliated and, and, and you know, made fun of and jeered at and just died this horrific death for us, right? He humbled himself. And the most important thing, that was the most important thing he did. And so as we look at, you know, being kind, um, sometimes we find ourselves unkind or not even unkind, but dismissive of people who may not look like us, who may be, um, you know, you see this a lot with people who are homeless, where people will walk by them like they're just invisible, like they don't exist. Not even a hello, not even like, you know, staring them in the hello, like just staring them in the eyes and saying, you know, good afternoon or good morning. It doesn't cost anything to do that. But sometimes we look at people as others, that they're lower than us. And this idea of humility is something that we should carry with us in every part of our lives, um, and especially as believers, right? Uh, Gentleness. Gentleness is the quality of being kind, tender, or mild-mannered. 
Remember that song by Otis Redding? I don't know if you've ever heard it before, but it's show a little tenderness. And I find that have to do this with my daughter, right? Because, you know, sometimes we are so harsh with our own family. And this is a time, especially in her life as a teenager, as, you know, really being in person in school for the first time since really eighth or ninth grade, uh, eighth grade rather, that she is really getting acclimated again. And so showing that tenderness and that compassion through gentleness is really important to our relationship. And so the other one, which is I think is a huge part of kindness is patience, right? And this is one of the fruits of the spirit, that patience is the ability to remain calm when dealing with a difficult or annoying situation, task, or person. I really, (laughs) when I think of patience, I probably, yeah, I think of road rage. I think of, because I live in the Maryland, Washington, DC area where driving is just insanely aggressive these days. Um, And it really takes a lot. It takes a lot not to beep your horn. It takes a lot to, you know, be kind and remain calm and to have patience in traffic or to have patience when people are like, just kind of like cranky, right? Um, And just in situations in general, um, when I look at this definition, at these definitions of patience and compassion and gentleness and humility and kindness, um, it reminds me that Colossians is really the perfect prescription on how we can or how we should move in this world and interact with others. Being kind really does mean having a concern for others, putting our needs aside, aside, remaining calm when we're dealing with a particularly difficult situation, and being really tender in our interactions. So my challenge this month of May for myself, and I encourage you if you're interested, is to spread kindness with keeping with this scripture in mind. And being kind, not just to friends and family, but to people you don't know. The energy that we put into the world matters. And no, we can't change anyone else, but we can change how we act and respond. So here are just a few simple ideas on how you can spread a little love. And these are 20 ideas of just kind of random acts of kindness um, or thought out acts of kindness that I think we can easily put into place. Okay, one, when you're driving, let the car who is trying to get in in front of you go. Be courteous, right? This takes like a second to be like waving them on, blinking your light, saying go ahead. They will be so happy, okay? Two, let the person in the grocery store jump in front of you. You know, I have seen so many times where people have like a ton of groceries and they will not let the person in back of them who has like two things go in front of them. I always say, go ahead, right? That will not cost you any time, but like maybe an extra two minutes. Three, say hello in passing to everyone you see in the store or wherever you are. You know, saying hello is so simple. It's one word. Hi, hello, good afternoon, good morning. It's just really like basics, Okay, four, smile. So simple, right? Simply smile at everyone you pass. Um, The world needs our smiles right now, guys, okay? 
Five, write a kind note to all the neighbors on your street and leave it in their mailbox. If you're so inclined, leave them a little treat too. If you don't know the neighbor, that's even better. Introduce yourself. Okay, six, make an extra dinner and give it to a friend. This is perfect to do like if you're making, say, like a baked ziti or a lasagna or something that, you know, makes um, a lot of servings. Get half of that or whatever and bring it over to a friend or a neighbor. Seven, offer to babysit for a mom who needs a break. Listen, I am a mom of a teenager, but I remember those days when um, you just needed like half an hour to yourself and they were so small and you really couldn't leave them. Um, It's great to have somebody who wants to pitch in. Eight, send a Starbucks card to a friend who loves coffee. I love coffee, and can I tell you, nothing makes me happier when I get a surprise gift card. Listen, it can be 10 bucks, five bucks, send a Starbucks card, somebody will be so thrilled. Nine, call a new church member to introduce yourself and invite them over for coffee and dessert after church. You know, one of the things is that uh, with churches is that they're going back in person, and what a nice way to fellowship and to show hospitality, which I feel like we've gotten so far away from, not just during the pandemic, obviously, when we had to, but even before then, do some simple hospitality and invite a church, a new church member over or an old church member. Okay, 10. If you go to Aldi's, leave the quarter in the shopping court for the next person. That's a simple one. 11, if you can afford it, give a, get a few Visa gift cards and hand them out whenever you see a person in need. Me and my daughter, my daughter and I did this um, during Christmas, not last year, but the year before. I got $100 in gift cards. I did like $20 Visa cards and um, we saw someone was in need and we gave them a card and it was a great way to um, just be generous, right? And help somebody out who needed help. 12, send a text of encouragement with the scripture to a person who is not feeling well. 13, thank someone every week by sending them a card. That's 52 cards. Make it a goal to send a card every week to one person. That is such, I love a handwritten note and I think other people really appreciate it too. 14, compliment someone you don't know. Maybe they have a nice outfit on or you like their haircut. Just simply say, hey, you look really great. Um, 15, give away your parking spot, even if you were there first. I know this is a big one, especially if you live in the city. But you know what? Think about how happy that person will be. 16, pay it forward and pay for the person in back of you in a drive-thru. This is a popular one that I have been the recipient of before, and it is so nice. 17. I love this one. Ding dong ditch and leave someone goodies at their door. My daughter and I do this all, not all the time, but we do it. We do it with our friends. Um, and I love it. I have her actually do the ditching because I'm not that fast of a runner, but she is. 18. Surprise your kids with their favorite meals all week. They will love you for it. So maybe it's like a fun week of like pizza and tacos and you know, whatever, peanut butter, jelly sandwiches, um, ice cream for dinner, cereal for dinner, do something fun with them. 19, take a coworker out to lunch who is new, or if you're still on Zoom, have a virtual coffee date. 
20, write a note to everyone in your immediate family telling them why they are special. You know, we did this with my daughter's friends um, during, I think it was International Women's Day. And I had all of them write notes to each other telling them why they uh, were friends and what what they thought about them and why they appreciated them. And I think it was really a nice gesture. Okay, there are countless ways to be a light to those you love and to those you don't know. Be creative, make it a family thing. You know, talk to your kids about how as a family, kindness can be a principle that you all live by. Um, It could be in your family mission statement, right? To be kind. Start a kindness idea jar and everyone, have everyone put an idea in the jar and then each week that idea gets put into action. Look, there are so many ways that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I hope you join me in sprinkling some much needed kindness in the world today.